All right. How many of you love God again? Yeah. All right. Praise the Lord. Good, 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 good. Uh, the prayer team, I guys want you guys ready at the end of the service because I want you guys to come up and I want to give people today an opportunity uh, to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you've never done that, it's one of the most, not one of the most, it is the most important thing that you'll ever do. It's more important than preparing and getting ready for retirement. You know, that's something that some people neglect doing and then all of a sudden it's that time and now you got to scramble and stuff like this. But there's people that do the same thing with retiring from this life and going on to the next life. We're going to spend the life, we're all eternal beings. God created us that way. We're either going to spend eternity in heaven or we're going to spend eternity in hell. There's only one or two places that we can go. There's no place that you can go that somebody can pray you out. You know, that's just not taught in the Word of God. The Bible said, this is the point of man wants to die and then the judgment. And we'll stand before God for what we did with the opportunity that we have to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So if you don't know him as your personal Savior, I'm already telling you now, uh, just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. The Bible says no man is drawn to the, to, to the Father unless they're drawn by him. So he's going to draw us to him. Your heart starts beating. That's me. That's me. Already maybe there's something in you. Somebody loved you enough to invite you to church today because uh, they're maybe they are concerned or they just want to make sure that you're born again. So we, again, we'll do that at the end of the service. And also we want to pray for any needs that people have. Maybe you have a need to, uh, for healing or for some kind of a financial need or some kind of, you just need peace. You need something in your, in your marriage, in your relationship or something. So we want to be able to pray at the end of the service. So I'm just telling our prayer workers, you guys be ready. So we're in week number seven. What's seven? Those of you that are into biblical numerology what is that number seven is what completion yeah perfection isn't it? is it perfection or completion's the perfect seven okay it's completion god created the day the earth in seven days and he rested and he, it was complete what's number eight what's eight huh what's number eight in numerology anybody know new beginning okay well, next week I'm going to have a new beginning and I'll end the prayer series with a new beginning. <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me, to you. But uh, I do want to share one more, one more week. This is really the, the last, but I just, there's something that I want to do next week that's really important. So I want you to make sure that you're here next week and uh, we're going to pray and it'll be good. Let's pray before we get into this message today. Father, thank you today for your word. We thank you, God, for uh, all of our lives and our families. God, we thank you that... Your will is being done in our hearts and in our lives. We bless you. We magnify your name. God, open our eyes, our ears, and our hearts today to receive the word that you have for us this day. We bless you and we honor you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Say amen. 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 All right. So um, this week, what I want to share today, I, I don't really know how I could teach a series on prayer and not, not add this message into it, because this is what I'm going to talk about today is the highest it's the highest form of prayer, and it's called praying in the Spirit. And uh, it's so important, again, that we talk about this. Uh, here in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, this is, this is probably one of the more familiar verses that many of you probably know this verse. When we get to it, you'll know it. Uh, listen to what this says. And I, when I get about, uh, I'm going to just say it probably around, this is verses 10. It's a little bit lengthy from 10 through uh, 18, when I get to about 16, I'm going to start reading punctuation marks as well. I just don't want to do it all the way through. Okay, so just hang with me. You'll know where I'm going. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, 
but against the rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Then verse 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having fastened about. Now listen, he's going to go into the armor of God. These are our weapons of our warfare. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Verse 15, and comma, as shoes for your feet, comma, putting on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, period. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, comma, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, semicolon. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation, comma, the sword of the spirit, comma, which is the word of God, comma, praying, notice for alls, Praying at all times in all in the praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Now, the reason that I said that comma that I want you to notice that the comma between and the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit. That was a comma before that. What I'm telling you is. Praying in the spirit is a part of our spiritual weaponry that God has given to us. And you'll see why in a little bit. I can tell you this right now. The devil doesn't want you praying. He certainly doesn't want you praying in the spirit. He doesn't want you getting in God involved in our cosmic war with the enemy. Prayer is not just, a, it's not just another weapon that we fight with. It's part of the actual conflict. That's why sometimes it's people struggle to pray. They struggle to make time. And when they try it, okay, and I know I need to be praying. They go to praying and then all of a sudden they remember everything that they should be doing. And then they stop praying and they go do what they need to be doing. I tell you what, if you have a problem getting organized and remembering things that you're supposed to be doing, just go say, I think I'm going to go pray. And the devil will remind you of everything that you need to be doing right now instead of praying. He'll help you get organized. I promise you that. And I want to be clear on this. I want to be as clear as as, as crystal water, I mean, just clear. Praying in the Spirit is a grace that is available to every believer. It's a grace that is, a, that is, a, uh, that is uh, available to every, every, every believer. Some will say, well, Jesus didn't pray in tongues. Jesus didn't pray in the Spirit. Uh, he didn't teach his disciples to pray in the Spirit. But again, you have to understand when Jesus's earthly ministry was here, he was operating in the what? Old covenant. He was operating in the covenant, the old covenant, the Moses and Abraham. They didn't pray in the spirit. They didn't. It wasn't available to them. It wasn't available to them. It's clear. It's very clear that there is a two works of the spirit, two works of the spirit in the life of the believer. There is the indwelling of the of the Holy Spirit, and that happens at new birth. When you get born again, when you ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart, you repent of your sins. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes to take up residency in us. He takes up residency within our spirit. The Holy Spirit does that. Jesus spoke about this in John 17. If you remember John 17, uh, 15, uh, I'm sorry, John 15, 14, 15, 16, 7, well, it just goes through 16, I think. But anyway, Jesus started here in John 14, really getting their attention on that he was getting ready to be crucified. And they were talking, this wasn't days, this is hours that he's kind of letting them know these things. This is where he said in John 14, 1, let not your heart be troubled. You believed in God, believe also in me. If it were, I'm going to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would have told you so. That there's already a place of mansions. There's already a place, one translation says, of, of um, 
of, of uh, what is it, mansions, and the other one is, but I, I can't think of what it is. But anyway, um, here's what he said in John. This is out of the Amplified Bible. It says, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, in parentheses, welcome, take, they can't welcome him, take him to heart because it does not see him nor know him or recognize him, but you, but you, and, but you recognize him for he lives with you. He lives with you and will be in you. He lives with you. Again, present tense. He lives with you. He's been with you all this time. He's been with you. But one day, one day, everybody say one day, one day he will be on the inside of you. And that happened in John chapter 20, verse 22, when Jesus was died, he rose again, he came back, he appeared to the disciples, he was in a room with them, and the Bible says in John 20, 22, and he, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. That, that, that situation sounds eerily like when God created man out of, the, out of the dust of the earth and he breathed on Adam and Adam became a living being. And Jesus breathed on them and they got born again because they received the Spirit of God. That's actually when the first people got born again under the new covenant, what Jesus Christ accomplished for us on the cross. Now, I want to I show you this. And, and there's, there's a passage of Scripture in Acts Acts chapter 8, that, that clearly shows us both works. I said that there's a dual work of the Spirit, there's an infilling of the Spirit, and then there's a filling of the Spirit. This is in Acts chapter uh, 8, verse 5. It says this, Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Um, verse 6 says, Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs that he did. Many evil spirits were cast out uh, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. Verse 8, and there was great joy in the city. There was great joy in the city. And it says, let's skip down to verse 12. Verse 12 says, but now the people believed Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. And as a result, many men and women were baptized. Verse 13, then Simon himself believed and was baptized. And I want you to know, this isn't talking about Simon Peter. This is talking about a man named Simon the sorcerer. After verse 8, goes into verse 9 through uh, 11, talks about this man. He was very well known uh, amongst the people with his sorcery. He called himself the great power. He amazed the people and he, they thought, boy, they thought really highly of him. But it says here that now in verse 11 says that he, now he uh, even believed. Verse 12 says this, but now the people believed Philip's message of the good news. And as a result, many men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself believed and was baptized. He began to following Peter wherever he went and he was amazed by the signs and the great miracles that Peter performed. Verse 14, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John to where they were. So again, so they've received Jesus Christ. They've repented of their sins. They received the message. They're born again. And it says, uh, so they sent Peter and John to them. And as soon as, uh, as soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. Now, wait a minute. I thought that you got the indwelling of the Holy Spirit when you got born again. They did. So we know this is not talking about that same Holy Spirit. Of, it was the same Holy Spirit, but it's not the same event. 
Again, verse 15, as soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 16, the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They had only been baptized into the body of Christ. They had only gotten born again. And then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. And it says, you say, okay, let me read you another passage. Let me go on this. Um, and they received the Holy Spirit. I don't have this up on the screen, so just listen to this. Might want to write this down. It says, when Simon, this is talking about Simon the sorcerer, when Simon saw the Spirit was given, when the apostles laid their hands on people, he offered them money to buy this power. Let me have this power too, he explained, so that when I lay hands on people, they'll receive the Holy Spirit. So what sign did he see? What sign amazed him? When, Simon, when they laid their hands on him and they received the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say by words that, and they spoke in tongues, but evidently they did something that, that Simon the sorcerer saw that and he was amazing. He says, I want that. I, I'll pay you money if you, if, you can, if you can give me the ability to lay hands on people and they'll do that. It was just speaking in tongues is what they did. Somebody said, well, again, it died, no, didn't, didn't, say, didn't say speaking in tongues. I, I, I can't believe it. Well, the Bible didn't say Jesus breathed either, other than he breathed on the disciples. Didn't say that the disciples went to the bathroom, but we know that they did. So there's some things that we can, we can pick up, understand that what happened here. That's one, this is one of those situations. So again, there's clearly, clearly, clearly two works of the Spirit in the life of the believer. So again, the cliff notes of what we just read, Philip goes down to Samaria, he preaches Christ, the people believe the message and believe and are baptized, and Peter and John are sent to them, they laid their hands on them, and the people received the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of people are confused, and this is where a lot of confusion comes in, and we do a great class in our Getting a Grip, which Paula said starts next, next Sunday, I think it's about the fourth or fifth week. Uh, it's on the how to receive the Holy Spirit, and it, it so clearly goes through this so much more in detail than I'm going through right now. If you have any questions about the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I highly encourage you to come to that class. We'll announce it that Sunday that today we're talking about this in the, in the Getting a Grip class. But again, there's, this is what confuses people. There is a, a private use, a private use of tongues and a public use of tongues. The difference is that the gift of tongues, the private use, uh, the, the public use that maybe someone in, in a church would give a, a, a message in tongues, it requires an interpretation because somebody just gives the tongue, then it didn't do anybody any good. So it comes with that. Now, the other one is a private prayer language. Again, it's still tongues, but it's something for you. It's for your private, private use. Let me give you three things, three things about this, this prayer language. Number one is it's scriptural. Now, I want to encourage you, don't, you know, we are truly an interdenominational church. Here we have former Baptists, Methodists, Lutherans, Assemblies of God, Church of God, Church of God in Christ, uh, you name it. Uh, we've got uh, Orthodox. We've got people that have been at all different kinds of things. So you've been taught different things or haven't been taught some, some things about the Holy Spirit. I ask you today, keep an open mind. And again, go to the Word. Go to the Word. Don't listen to, don't, you know, check out to see if what I'm saying is true. That's why I'm using a lot of scriptures today, because this isn't Rich Fennell. This is what the Bible says, and I'm trying to teach it in its simplest form so that there's no confusion. But three things. Number one, I said it's very, it's, it's scriptural. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2 in the New American Standard says, 
For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands, but it's in his spirit that he speaks mysteries. So again, when we speak in tongues, when we pray in tongues, we don't understand, people don't understand what we're saying. We don't even understand it ourselves. We're speaking who? Who are we speaking to? We're speaking to God. Verse uh, 14 in 1 Corinthians, there again, New American Standard says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. My spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Number two is this, it's beneficial. Praying in tongues is beneficial. Verse 4 in that same chapter, 1 Corinthians 14 says, One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself but one who prophesies edifies the church. Well, that just makes sense, doesn't it? That if we speak in tongues, if we're praying in tongues, we edify ourselves. but it's not, I'm not doing anything for you. If I was up here today I, and I just decided today, just, man, I just want to just, just preach the, the clear word of God. I just want, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to have to filter out what Rich would say and what Rich shouldn't say or what, what he shouldn't say. I just want to preach the, the unadulterated word of God. So just... Just be blessed as I preach this message today. What did I, oh, did y'all get that? Did you, did that bless anybody? No, it didn't bless you. It didn't bless you. It, It blessed me. Again, that's what it's talking about. Tongues blesses the one who's praying in it because we're speaking mysteries. We're speaking those to God and it blesses us. We'll see that here more in just a moment. And that's why Paul said, he said, I, he said, I speak in tongues more than you all. He said, but I would rather speak before the church. I would rather speak five intelligent words, words, in other words, that people understand than 10,000 words in tongues. Because you wouldn't get anything out of one of those 10,000 words because I'm not speaking to you, speaking to God. He's the only one that understands it. You don't understand it. And the best thing is the devil doesn't understand it. And that's why he hates it. So how many, of you, how many of you need to be built up? How many of you need to be built up? I'm not talking physically. I'm talking about spiritually. How many of you need to be? Anybody in here, anybody here could say this. I've, I've got all the building up that I need. I'm, I'm kind of exactly where I believe that God wants me to be. Mm. That's, uh, I'm just trying to think of a nice way to say that's just ignorance. You know, we're ignorant of a lot of things. And ignorance is not a bad thing. I mean, I'm ignorant of how a rocket engine works. I don't know how to, I, I'm, I'm ignorant as far as fixing a lot of things on a car. I'm just, I'm, I'm probably one of the most ignorant people when it comes to fixing a car that there is. And again, it's not a bad thing unless you're broken down and you ain't got somebody there to help you. Then it becomes worse. But again, we just need to understand those things. So um, edification. So do we need to be built up edification? Here's what it means. It comes from the, from the Greek, from the word edifice, which means a massive, magnificent building. And listen to this. I found this. I like that what it says. It says, when you pray in tongues, you're actually erecting a superstructure inside of your spirit to house the anointing of God, qualifying you for the divine purpose. Have you ever, have you ever uh, given consideration to what your purpose is? I mean, do you, have, do you think about that a lot? Do you think about that? I think maybe at some point in our life, we come to that place, but Think about what God wants us to be. When we pray, when we pray in the Holy Spirit, when we pray in this prayer language that God gives us, we begin praying out and we, we, we can focus our prayers. I can, I can pray for my family, which I do. I can pray for this church in tongues and focus my prayers. Father, today I want to pray. I want to pray for, 
I want to pray for my family. I want to pray for City Gate Church. And I begin to just pray in the Spirit. Begin to pray in the Spirit that way. And I'm praying the perfect, perfect prayer that the Holy Spirit, who knows the will of God, would want me to pray for my family, for this church, for your life. Amen? How do you know that? Well, just hang on. <clears throat> Praying in the Spirit, again, it will build you up to fulfill your purpose. And again, it seems weird because we have no clue what we're saying. Again, let me read uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 2 out of the New Living Version this time. It says, for if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you'll be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious to you and to others. And again, by the way, mysterious to, to the devil. Listen to what Jude says. Jude kind of coincides with that. Jude chapter 1, verse 20. There's only one chapter, so it's Jude 20, we could say. It says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. We build ourselves up when we pray in the Holy Spirit. We don't know it. We don't feel it. You know, I've known people that prayed for four, five, and six hours just straight. And when they got up, they looked, they looked the same. They went, to, you know, they prayed, they started praying when they were bald-headed. And when they got up, they didn't have a full head of hair. Nothing changed on the outside, but something changes on the spirit, man. Something happens there. And here's the third thing is this. It's a choice. It's a choice. You don't have to speak in tongues. Speaking in tongues is not required to go to heaven. It's a choice that we have. Listen to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15, New Living Translation. says, well then, what shall I do? I will pray in the Spirit, and I will pray with words I understand. I will sing in the Spirit, and I will sing in words that I understand. Again, notice he said, I will. I will. He chose. It was an act of his will to do that. I will pray in tongues, and I will pray in my understanding. My understanding would be in the English language. I'll pray in tongues and I'll pray in English. I'll pray and I'll sing in tongues and I'll sing in the language that I, I understand. I'd a lot rather sing in the spirit than, than in my understanding because I sound better. Because, <laughs> you know, if I sing a note and it's not, that's the way it's supposed to be in the spirit. No, I'm just kidding. Listen, if somebody asked me, said, hey, Pastor Rich says, do you want to go to a football game with me today? And I thought about it for a second. And I says, yeah, I'll go. I'll go. I will go. I will go. I will to go. If I had something else already planned, I will not go. I wouldn't be that blunt and bold and say, I will not go. <laughs> but if I don't go, I'm willing to not go. That's what Paul is saying. It's our will to do this. God does not make us do it. You can have the indwelling Holy Spirit on the inside of you when you got saved. Ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and again, it often comes with the evidence of speaking in tongues, but you don't have to speak in tongues. In other words, I'm saying, and I've heard some other Bible teachers teach contrary to this, I don't think you can be filled with the Spirit and not speak in tongues because it's your will. It doesn't overcome you and overtake you. And that's a fear that some people have. Oh, I don't want to do that because oh, what would happen if I was going down shopping at Walmart and all of a sudden I just, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't we just kind of came out. It doesn't come on you like that. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. He doesn't, you know, so it's not like some weird and spooky thing. You know, it's just people have all kind of different kind of things. I remember when I was 19 years of age when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I was in a youth group and, um, and they were, people were all around me and they were praying for me to receive the Holy Spirit. And so I did what you 
what you do. You just, you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. So I just gave him my tongue. Like, here it is, Lord, take it. You know, you know, kind of thought that that's something that was going to happen. You just take over. And after they got through praying, they said, did you need to give it? Okay. Well, hey, you just keep believing that I keep praying. So the next week I come in there and I began to pray. And um, so I, so there, there's the youth groups all surrounding me and the youth group leaders and stuff. And they're praying for me. You know, and some people are saying, turn loose. And some people are saying, let go. Some people are saying, hold on. They're saying all kinds of these things. So I wasn't sure exactly what I was supposed to do. Turn loose, hold on. And uh, so, you know, I'm just, I just. I said, I said, I said a few words. I didn't, it's like a pumpkin seed popping. I just, I just, I just said a few words and somebody said, stop. Did you hear yourself? I said, and I did, but I said, no, 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 I didn't. I didn't because I didn't think you were supposed to. I thought you kind of went into a trance and then you spoke in tongues and you kind of came out of it. And Ooh, what did I do? What did I say? So I just tr trying to kind of go along with it, but I did get it. And I did get a few words. And finally, the third week, they prayed again, and I just let go and just turned it loose. And man, it was, it's been a growing experience ever since. When people get filled with the Holy Spirit, they have different experiences. Some people say one or two words. And we always just encourage them. Just, you, would just, you keep using those words. Keep using those words. Keep using those words. It's just like a baby in the natural. A baby doesn't come out and say, hey, Mom, that cereal is kind of hot today. I appreciate it if you cool it down tomorrow. <laughs> they let you, hey, you know, somebody gives some kind of a sign or something. Or, and then hot. Hot, then you know, they learn hot or cold or mine, or, or they learn mine really quick. Mine, mine, mine. And but they're as they get older, the vocabulary increases, and this is the same way as we get filled with the spirit, our language will increase from time to time. All right, um, hang on just a minute. So here's the thing we need to understand. Again, the, we're talking about, what was we talking about? Benefits, right? Or it was a choice. It was a choice. The Holy Spirit helps us when we pray. You ever had a situation where you just weren't sure how to pray? You just weren't sure what to pray? That is the absolute beauty of being able to pray in the Holy Spirit. It says in Romans 8, 26, the New English Standard Version, the English Standard Version says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Sometimes our weakness is we don't know how to pray. For we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep with words. It's so the Holy Spirit is not praying through, he's not praying through you. That's your voice. That's your voice. When I tell people, when, when I prayed with people to get filled with the Holy Spirit, I tell them, don't speak in your language. Don't speak in English and tongues because you can't do it. You can't speak in English and tongues, or you can't speak in Spanish or in tongues at the same time. So a lot of times when you're praying for people, they'll just say, oh, Lord, you just feel me. And Lord, please, Lord, just feel me. Lord, just feel me. You can't say that and, and allow the Spirit to pray through you. So you've got to yield your language and allow the Holy Spirit to pray through you. And then you just begin to pray what he gives you. Those words that he says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. It just begins to come and flow out of you naturally. But you have to form the words. I ask them to do this. I say, say red. They say red. Say blue. They say blue. I say, say green. They say green. I said, who said red, blue, and green? They said, they said, I, they said, I did. They said that I told them to say that. I said that who repeated it? They said, I did. And that's the same way the Holy Spirit gives you the words. They just flow out of your, out of your belly, like the Bible says, like living water. 
The message Bible says in Romans 8, 26 says, meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's spirit is right alongside uh, helping us. His spirit is right there helping us. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs and our aching groans. If you've ever heard somebody pray in, in tongues and it begins, it sounds more like they're wailing. They're wailing, they're groaning. That's very, that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I've heard Paula pray that way a number of times, praying for me, wailing and groaning. No, I'm serious. She has. She does that. Uh, she has prayed that way often. It's just a, it's such a deep uh, emotional feeling that you just, you just, you just can't, you just can't articulate words. You can't even articulate symbols or syllables that you would speak in your normal tongue. It's just, it's just so deep. It's a groaning. The Holy, that's the Holy Spirit praying through you in that. Again, it's important that we understand, again, that the Holy Spirit is inside us. He's able and he's willing to help us in our prayers. When we don't know what to pray, he helps us by praying for us. Amen. The praise, the spirit helps us in our weakness, helps us in our weakness. Literally means he takes hold together against what we're praying for. He takes hold with us and we pray against those things or for things that we want in our life. So again, the title of this message, again, is the highest type of prayer. There is no type of prayer that's higher than allowing the Holy Spirit to pray because he knows the past, the present, and the future. And when we allow him pray, I can't tell you the, the times and the hours that we have spent praying for this church and praying for the universal, praying for the church, praying for our nation, praying for our kids, praying in tongues because we don't know. We've got one son that lives out in uh, Oregon, Hunter, and, uh, you know, we don't know exactly what, he's, what he's need, his needs are. I mean, all of his needs. We know some of them and things, but we pray for him. We allow the Holy Spirit to pray exactly what he needs. And the same thing for Barrett and for Riley. We pray for them, allow the Holy Spirit to pray through us. Sometimes when we're, when we're praying for a certain job, I mean, you know, we, we really want this job. It's really good to be able to pray in the spirit because you don't really know you don't know some of the hidden things about that job and there have been people that got jobs and within two months they regretted it and they hated the job and wanted to go do something else and they prayed for it and they, yes god gave me this job but again if we'll pray same thing in a, in a dating relationship man to be able to pray in, about your relationship in the holy spirit is powerful it's a powerful thing because you want the perfect will of god in your life so again i hope that today that some of the things that i've shared cleared up maybe some questions that you have um, if you have more I really encourage you to come to the getting a grip class when we teach that class uh, it'll be it, I think it'll answer some more questions but um, pray for people Paula you got anything you want to say or you want to add Paula's a great prayer warrior I tell you you can you can live your Christian life without the Holy Spirit and without being filled I mean without in filling of the Holy Spirit and have a great prayer life. But I'm telling you, there's just something, something more. I mean, it's more power. It's more boost, like an energy booster, as you will. There's just something about praying for your family in the spirit where you don't, you don't know what's going on, but the Holy Spirit does. And there's just something that it, it kind of like fills, fills in all the holes. I was thinking about this, you know, we should always frame our, our 
prayers in the word of God. It's so important that we speak the word of God over our situations. It's kind of like, have you ever um, been a puzzle? If you're a puzzle person, you love to do puzzles. My grandmother and, and aunts were great puzzle people. And sometimes I'd help them out. But what do you usually start first with? The outside. This is the frame, right? So I was thinking, you know, about praying. You know, we, for, we should frame our prayers pray for the person or whatever situation is with the word of God. Get that edges, get those edges all around there. But, the, but then when you look at it, there's all kinds of missing pieces, right? There's missing hole. There's holes in that center. That's where praying in the spirit, where you don't know all those little pieces that need to go. But when you pray in the spirit, you can fill in those missing pieces. You can fill in those missing holes. I know I've shared this before, but he was just talking about Hunter living in Oregon. He went there to go snowboarding because, you know, he works and all that too. But a few months ago, or early in the year, I had a dream about him. And just, have you ever had a dream and you just have an uneasiness, an unrest, you just know something? So I pray all that I knew about his situations and, and things like that. And, but it just was one of those feelings that you have a heaviness about something. So I began to pray in the Spirit, focus, fill in those holes, as it were. I began to pray for him and, you know, just cover him of all that I knew, just continue to pray in the Spirit. Whenever I thought about it, whenever I had that heaviness, I would pray in the Spirit. A couple weeks later, he um, called and let me know that he was snowboarding, and he had um, went over, I think it, they'd had maybe fresh snow or something, and it was higher, the snow was actually higher than wood, and he went over a bump and he didn't go into the tree, though, right? Yeah, he did. Or he did. He went into it. And the number one thing in snowboarding, no people being killed, is running into trees. So he went into a tree. He got the wind up. He messed up his wrist, but he was able to come down and, you know, got all checked out. I believe that if I, because I let Rich know, too, you know, hey, pray with me for Hunter. If we hadn't have prayed in the spirit, who knows what could have happened? It is so important that when you have those burdens, that when you have those feelings that just a gut feeling, you can zero in and fill in those pieces because we're filled with the Holy Spirit. It's, it's so beneficial. Not only that, the personal thing. With, there's days when you're just down, you're just out of sync, not feeling quite right, begin to pray in the Spirit. Do it while you're showering, while you're driving your car. When you, I'm telling you, it makes a difference. It's like when you get your phone, when your phone is, you get that, you know, you got 10% left and your battery's getting drained. You ever felt physically and mentally where your battery's getting drained? That's when you need to plug into the Holy Ghost. When you plug into the, and begin to speak in tongues, begin to pray, every, every chance, every opportunity, you, go, you can do it quietly. It doesn't have to be weird and spooky. I'm telling you, this, like he said, he charges yourself up. It raises that edifice higher and higher. Amen. Thank you. Praise God.